What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all your mediocre fancy football advice. We're going to roll into week seven here. Christian, Randy, how you guys doing? Feeling pretty well. This is the first time all season that I'm projected to win in all four of my leagues going into the week. So I feel pretty confident that I can make that happen. And by me, I mean the players on my team. Yeah, because you play such <laughs> a big role in that happening. I Randy, sure how you doing? Doing good. Just getting ready for the week. Really happy. Don't have a lot of homework. That's always good. I can't believe it's already week seven. Yeah. I also did a midterm in 30 minutes yesterday, so I'm pretty proud of that. I had 30 <laughs> minutes to get it turned in, and I did it in 30. That's a very Randy thing to happen. That, and I got an A on it, so suck <laughs> it. <laughs> I wonder what the standards of the class look like. Jesus. <laughs> So we're back for another episode here. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the cut FFL and like and share us on Facebook at the cut FFL. And obviously subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, anchor uh, coming soon to iHeartRadio. We did get where you are looking to get that approved soon. And before we get started, I'd like to pitch the Inexplicable Thoughts podcast. This is a podcast designed around an open conversation about sports, music, society, and the gradual change in culture. Hosted by our friend Franklin Arrow, this podcast is a very open and honest conversation surrounding tons of topics. It's a great listen, and you should check it out. Subscribe to them on Spotify and Apple, and follow them on Twitter at the I Thoughts Pod. So what we're going to do on this uh, Week 7 episode, we're going to give you our preview for the games that we're looking at, the Sunday and Monday night games. Uh, we're going to give you our starts and sits of the week leading into week seven. We'll bring back our flex on them uh, segment. Where we'll go through a couple flex questions, and then I'll be giving you our, my suit-ups of the week. Guys, you got anything to add before we get started? Let's do it. All right. Let's roll right into it. First, we'll take a look at the 1 o'clock games. The first game on the docket here that I'm interested in is the Rams at the Falcons. Rams are favored by three and a half on the road. Guys, my Christian, my question for you uh, – Obviously, the Rams' offense looked awful last week at home. Do you think they get back on track versus this gift-worthy Atlanta defense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Austin Corbett's going to come in and look like a stud because that's the life of a Browns fan is watching that happen. So, um, no, I think their offensive line will be good enough. The Falcons don't really have a pass rush that's worth mentioning. Their secondary is the worst in football. I think Jared Goff is a top-five quarterback this week, and I think that – Probably two of those three receivers are wide receiver ones. So, yeah, I definitely think they'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, if there's one team that you want to match up, a couple teams, obviously, but if there's one decent team you want to match up against with your new offensive line, it's the Falcons. Like you said, Vic Beasley isn't the same pass rusher he was before. They're not really getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I think Goff is going to have a good game. Uh, We'll talk about him a little bit later. On the Falcons side, Randy, Matt Ryan is actually the quarterback four this year. I didn't really see that coming going into the season. Do you think he keeps up that production this week? I do. The Rams secondary isn't all that good. I know, obviously, they just made a blockbuster trade, but it's a guy that's been sitting out for a couple weeks and got to learn a new system. They're down. They went down two cornerbacks to get a better one, obviously, but that still leaves one side of the field pretty much uncovered. So I, I think he still has great production this week. I, he likes to dump off a lot. So I, I still see the 300-yard game streak continuing. Is he gonna? Is he gonna play this week? Is Is Ramsey gonna get out there? I, I know typically sometimes with these midweek moves, they're not always gonna be out. Yeah, there. I don't know if it's official or not, especially because it's an early game. I don't know if he is ready system-wise to just jump straight in. I think at least he'll probably get rotated in if he's allowed to be active. But other than that. Well, also, he might just play shadow coverage on Julio the whole game, so it might not matter if he doesn't really understand the whole scheme. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. Obviously, I, with Peters getting traded and Tlaib going to IR, I, I think it gets a bump to Ridley and Sanu to, to a degree. Um, even, if, even if Ramsey is the shadow Julio, I think Julio can still get his, and uh, Ridley and Sanu are probably decent plays. Another game I'm looking at is the Vikings that are favored by a point on the road in Detroit. Um, it's in, I'm interested to see if the Vikings passing game can keep it going, the, hopefully for the third straight week. This is a little bit of a tougher matchup in Detroit. Christian, how are you feeling about Cousins, Diggs, Thielen, and that whole group? 
Uh, very lukewarm. I think that this is a tough matchup, and and it, like I said last week, man, it's still Kirk Cousins. I just I can't see Kirk Cousins sustaining top ten quarterback value for any period of time. I think it's crazy that it's been two straight weeks. I I definitely am sitting Diggs. I know we talked about me potentially putting him in my lineup. I'm sitting him in favor of Calvin Ridley. So, man, I I think you can roll out Thielen. I think you'll be happy with that. Obviously, Cook. Um, but I'm not really buying Cousins or Diggs this week. Yeah, I mean, the Packers between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on Monday night were able to kind of run through that Detroit defense a little bit. So this should be another big game for Cook. On the Lions side, I think Carryon Johnson was kind of a disappointment. I mean, he was my start of the week. The Packers were giving up a ton of yards per touch to running backs. He did score. He had like eight chances to score, and he finally got one across. I won those just in. Um, Randy, do you think he's going to struggle this week against a pretty stout Minnesota front seven? Yeah, I don't think he has a great game, but I think he's still startable. Uh, maybe more flex scoring wise. I do think he gets another touchdown this week. And I think the passing work gets an uptick. So for that, I mean, I, I don't expect the breakout game we were hoping for last week, but I still think he's a worthy play. And given what Jeffrey was able to do against Xavier Rhodes last week, are you are you trusting Galladay as a top end wide receiver too, Randy? Yeah, he's he's just he's gonna keep doing what he's doing. Um, I'm not sure how well Jones will do, but or Hawkinson for that matter. But I think it could be a big day for Galladay, and if he's doing really well, they, I mean it's they're not gonna blow anyone out. So I think both these running backs are gonna get plenty of shots here. So I, I don't. It's going to be a hard game to really call, but it should be a good one at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm, curious, I'm curious to see if Marvin Jones gets more looks in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I saw a stat that Galladay has gotten – he's the only receiver in the NFL right now that's gotten eight or more targets in every single week that he's played because I know the Lions have their bye. So – I think that Galladay has kind of emerged as the, the favorite for Stafford. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, he's talented. We even saw it in his rookie year, some of the catches that he made, and it seems like he's starting to turn that corner. Um, and Randy touched on Hawkinson before. If you desperately need a tight end, Hawkinson might be a decent play. I just don't know what his ceiling really is. I mean, he hasn't done anything really since week one. I mean, ceiling's probably like 16 points. And that's with the touch. Like you need a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's a lot. That's a lot. That well, you, as for you said ceiling. But yeah, like, I know, but but like Kelsey's ceiling's like thirty. Like that's. I mean, oh, you know I what I mean. Kelsey has a ceiling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's he's kind of a middle of middle tier type guy. I mean, he hasn't been catching a lot of balls recently, so I'm not quite sure the trust level there. So, one other game, I'm kind of curious for the one o'clock slate is Houston at Indianapolis. This is a 48-and-a-half point over-under, uh, even on either side. The Colts coming off a bye, two weeks to prepare for Deshaun Watson. Christian, do you think Frank Reich deploys the same kind of game plan that he did against the Chiefs on Sunday night where he just tries to pound Mac on the ground and keep the ball out of Houston's hands? Um, I, I don't. I kind of think that they're going to pass the ball a little bit more. Um, the Houston secondary isn't great. I know that Mac has been on fire, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to try to feed him, but the, the Houston run defense isn't terrible, and I don't think that they're going to have the success that they saw against the Chiefs. Um, I don't know. I, I still like Mac in this game, but I really like T.Y. in this game. So I, I think it'll be more more spread out, more even. That's one thing I was going to ask. Do you think T.Y. can be a top-end wide receiver, too, this week, then? I mean, it's not going to be hard with the amount of te- the amount of players on by, but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I could see him reaching wide receiver one status this week. Same. I, yeah, if he's healthy, obviously he's talented and he's got that big play potential. Uh, Randy, is Brissett 
does he have the potential to be a QB one this week? So top twelve. Yeah, like Christian said, I think the key to beating Houston is through the air. They're going to be able to run because they have one of the best lines in football and Max a good running back. Uh, so as long as they keep it balanced, I think they can continually score on this defense. And with Hilton healthy and, I mean, there's not a ton of targets besides him. So I think he has touchdown upside this week with eight catches. So that's close to wide receiver one at least. For Houston, it, do you guys think that Will – what's your confidence level with Will Fuller? Do you think he ends as a wide receiver too? Probably because he's going to have two more explosions. Nothing like what he did a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, he's he's busted basically every week except for that week. He, he has not been a good receiver. But because of those boom games, I think that he might somehow find his way there. You're just not going to be happy with how he got there. Well, he's, get, he's getting like seven or eight targets a game, and all of his targets are downfield. So with those air yards, I mean, you're it's the biggest it's one of the biggest boom bust plays in the league. If he hits, you're winning your week. But I mean, it's it's not a good secondary for the Colts. So I can see the wide receiver two, but I think it's a floor of wide receiver three for him this week. So usually with those kind of players, you go in and expecting the floor and hoping for the but uh, for the boom because. And I, I think it could be a week, but it's going to be hard because I think they're going to try and run with Hyde to start again. And if he gets some success, I don't know how often they're pushing the ball. I, I think. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say I think that our our indecision with a lot of these <laughs> these questions that you have, Sean, is due to the fact that these teams are literally dead even. Vegas projects mm-hmm. them to be even. Yeah. I don't see very many weaknesses on either team. Um, that are like detrimental at least. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a great game to watch. I just, the, the fantasy outlook is, is kind of hazy for this game because it is such a close matchup. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This may be a very bold prediction. This may be the boldest prediction we've ever had on the podcast. DeAndre Hopkins scores a touchdown this week. Wow. Yeah. I know. I'm going to give you guys a second to collect yourselves. <sighs> I mean, it, it kind of is bold. He hasn't really had a great season, so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I know, but it's still DeAndre Hopkins. And I hope the games that we touched on are going to be good because you look at the other games on this 1 o'clock slate, Dolphins-Bills, Char- Jaguars-Bengals, Raiders-Packers, Cardinals-Giants, 49ers-Redskins. Like, it's Car- rough, man. Cardinals-Giants for fantasy, though, is going to be amazing. Yeah, for fantasy, I agree, but just games in self. I oh, think man. I think the Raiders Packers can be a close one. I kind uh, of agree with that. I don't Raiders, think the Packers Raiders, are very good. Raiders dominated the Bears. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, I, don't but I don't think the Bears are very good either. I mean, they have I think the Lions are arguably the best, the best defense in the league, and they ran all over them and threw all over them. I think Josh Jacobs has a, a pretty big week this week. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know that, and that you gotta, wins, but. And you got to remember that Green Bay may only have one wide receiver, really, besides the yeah. Lazard King. So, I, I mean, it, I don't see them We are in no way affiliated points. with the Fantasy Footballers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You guys so, have any, go ahead, Randy. No, I was just going to say, so, I, I mean, I don't know about, like, a high-scoring blow-up. Oh, my God, this is amazing mm. for fantasy, but I think it still could be a good game. Yeah, I maybe I guess I just don't believe as much in the Raiders, and and maybe that's just me being naive. But I mean, the Packers are favored by seven. I don't know. I I can I can see a scenario where it's a closer. Their lines all back and healthy, man. As I think as the Raiders. As long as, yeah, I think they do. I think they can win this. I honestly do. All right, Raiders fan. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's also true. But I'm just encouraged by their line being back and how. I mean, they can clearly run the ball whenever they want now. And if Williams is back and they just got Zay Jones and they have two tight ends that are useful and they have two running backs that can catch the ball, I mean, they're starting to get more targets out there. And it's exciting, even though Carr's going to only throw for 200 yards. And they had two weeks to prep for this game. So. Yes, they did. Uh, I guess that's, a, that's true, too. I didn't even think about that. All right, so we'll move on to the 4 o'clock. There's three games on the slate. 
Uh, first one is the Chargers at the Titans. This is an even split also. Uh, I, this To me, this might be the week that Melvin Gordon puts up RB2 value. Christian, what do you think about that? I don't think much about that because I th- we'll talk about someone else later, but I don't think that's the running back that's going to have RB2 value this week. Uh, I'm going to kind of disagree just because I think the Chargers are going to be blowing out the Titans here. I don't. I think they're going to come out strong. No, I think they're coming out strong this week. Christian has this, like, unbelievable belief in Ryan Tannehill, which I don't understand, but. He's better than Mariota. Well, yeah, that's not hard. Listen, I want the Chargers to be up 20 in the first quarter, so my unfortunate start of Tannehill has to throw the ball in Dynasty. (laughs) Oh, my God, you're starting Tannehill? Uh, well, seeing as how I have Baker and Cam Newton as my other two quarterbacks, uh, oh, that's rough. Yeah, it is. And I'm starting Sam Darnold in that plus matchup against the Patriots. So, <laughs> all right. So, looking at that, do you think any kind of Corey Davis or AJ Brown or Delaney Walker, like, are you guys giving them a speculative start with Tannehill at quarterback, or are you staying away from all of them this week? The only guy. <laughs> Funny, say the, it. <laughs> the only guy that I would start in that receiving core is Adam Humphreys. Gross. I, I'm 100% honest there. I think that yeah. Humphreys gets a lot of these targets because Tannehill's a different quarterback than Mariota, but it, he can make those short reads a lot better. So yep. I think that Humphreys is going to be that dump down guy since obviously Derrick Henry has bricks for hands and Deion Lewis is 97 years old. So I think Humphreys has a decent week. You could probably flex him. We'll have to fact check that age. I'm not sure if that's right. Yeah, fair enough. I know I know. in a couple of leagues I kind of made a speculative ad for Corey Davis just because, I mean, Tannehill can't be any worse than Mariota was. And I I don't know. I mean, they still – Corey Davis is still a first-round talent. I, it's weird what's happened to him in his first couple of years, but I'm curious to see if, if he has any more production with Tannehill behind center. I don't know what I don't know how you guys feel about that. I I feel gross just saying that, dude. I feel like the Titans are wasting one of the better defenses in the NFL yeah. with yeah. how bad they're. It's off. hard. It's hard to argue that. I I would agree. Sucks. Randy, anything to add? No. All right. So we'll move on here. The Saints at the Bears. The Bears are favored by three and a half. This is only a, an over under of thirty nine. So one of the lower scoring games. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I trust playing anybody other than Michael Thomas, especially if Kamara is limited with the ankle and the knee injury that he has. I mean, do you guys trust anybody else in this matchup? Not really for me. I know a lot of people are going out and picking up Lat Murray with the expectation Kamara's out, but even him in, the Saints offensive line isn't good enough to run all over this Bears defense. I'm not excited about really anyone because, I mean, Michael Thomas, you expect to get the eight catches, but on the other side, Allen Robinson's great, but he's got to go up against Lattimore, who's on fire right now. I mean, and your only hope really for Montgomery for the Bears is he gets a bunch of catches because the Saints run defense is pretty good as well. I mean, And the problem with that is then that's where Cohen comes in. Yeah, I think this is going to be like that uh, 14-13 game. And you don't want that for fantasy. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't think Kamara plays. I'll talk about it later in the suit-ups, but I I don't see it. It's 50-50 right now, unfortunately. Christian, how are you feeling? I don't like anyone in this matchup. I don't think I even see Michael Thomas being productive. Um, I just don't know what Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do. I say that the Bears, I mean, just got run all over. Uh, by Josh Jacobs in their last game. Also, also it's so hard, by, though. It's so hard to take those London games with any merit, though. I mean, those are just sure. such special. It those is. are just such special cases. Yeah, usually the team that can run the ball best wins those games. Mm-hmm. Crazy enough. <laughs> or those games that are at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Or the team that doesn't throw five picks and fumble, like the Bucks did last week. They almost won too. <laughs> I know. <They> <laughs> crazy all right so i think that's enough talk about that grossness we'll move on to the last game on the four o'clock yes the only 
only one we're gonna watch. Yeah, that's right. The only <laughs> one that's actually decent is the Ravens at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by four at home. The over/under in this game is 50 and a half. Um, I, we did our preliminary rankings this week. This is the first time we've ever done them. We all have a consensus: that Lamar and Russell Wilson as top five QBs. Randy and I both have Lamar higher. Christian has Wilson higher by a couple spots. Do you guys fit? I personally think that they could finish as QB one and QB two this week. I this could be a shootout. Do you guys have any worries about Christian? Do you have any worries about Jackson in Seattle? Is that why you ranked him a little bit lower? Yes. Um, so I worry that Lamar won't be able to do what he did with his legs um, last week. And I think that the Seahawks know that they have to stop one person, and that's Lamar Jackson. I don't really see many other threats on that team um, to where the Seahawks would be concerned. I think that they shut him down on the ground uh, enough to, to keep him a little lower in my rankings. I don't know, man. The, I, I think he has all day in the pocket, and if Hollywood Brown's back, that's helpful. It, I, I can just see the another 80-yard running performance and an actual decent throwing performance because, I mean, crap, Baker had a rushing touchdown last week against this team. The Seahawks secondary isn't any good. Yeah, well, and they couldn't get a pass rush on Baker for 90% of the game. And the Ravens' line's better. I mean, I just – I don't think they're going to be able to run all over him with Ingram, but I just – it's going to be a good week for Lamar in my eyes. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question. I was going to ask if how – like what your confidence level is with Ingram this week. Uh, we talked about it on Monday. He's had a couple rough weeks. He's been able to salvage his days with touchdowns. I don't, I, if I had him, I don't have many leagues, but if I did, I would maybe be looking somewhere else just because I think this is like you said, I think this is more of a Lamar Jackson game than it is Ingram and Ingram's Ingram ceiling is capped because he can't catch. He doesn't catch passes. And I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in this game. It's, it's going to be about a 14, touches for 65 yards and you hope for a touchdown yeah i'm i know i'm sitting ingram in this matchup this mm -hmm. week which is it's kind of crazy to think about because nick chubb had such a good game last week but i just but they, i mean it, he's touchdown dependent and i've yeah. got other guys that i'm looking at well there yeah. was there was at least eight or nine runs for chubb where he had no room though too i mean and they know how heavy the ravens lean on the run game where the Browns are a little bit more 50-50. Mm -hmm. I, I just I think they're gonna be ready for him this week. And to your earlier point about Malcolm Brown, or I'm sorry, not Malcolm Brown, Marquise Brown, Randy, uh, he hasn't practiced yet this week. So I don't I don't think he plays yeah. it's it's hard to go with the Ravens practicing though, because they usually yeah. any of their top guys that they play, they don't practice them all week and they still play. So it's kinda I think we'll get more of a feel for it on Saturday, but other than that, I'm just it's still up in the air for me. Yeah, that's 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 a fair point. Sunday night football, you have the Philadelphia Eagles going into Jerry's world, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by three over under a forty-eight. The Cowboys defense has struggled in back to back weeks against Green Bay and again last week against the Jets. Christian does this give you any confidence in Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders and maybe to a lesser extent Alshon because he's he's tough to sit? I mean, I think if I'm going one of those two running backs, I think it's got to be Sanders just because of what he was able to do through the air last week. I think that he's warranted more touches. He, I, I fully believe that he warranted more touches a while ago. Um, but Jordan Howard had a huge game, and that's why he's still on the field. I think Howard is the better goal linebacker, but in terms of like how this game script is going to go, I, I think that Sanders is going to be able to to be productive. What What do you think this game script is going to be then? Because I I see it as kind of like a back and forth game. With if the Eagles get anywhere in the red zone, Aaron Jones dominated in the red zone against the Cowboys, and. I just think he, I think he can get two touchdowns again this week. Howard, you mean? Yes, Howard. I mean, I I think it is going to be back and forth, but I think that means that Sanders is going to be on the field for the first sixty yards of the drive. Yeah, he's going to get twenty. He's going to get at least one twenty-plus yard catch. That's yeah, if he if he catches three balls for forty yards and he's able to find the end zone like he did last week, 
it's a it's a really productive day for Sanders, and he could end up outscoring Howard in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, if if Howard does score the touchdowns that Randy expects, then it's probably pretty even. But if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd go Sanders. And then mm. to your point about Alshon, I mean, you can't sit Alshon really after watching what he did against the Vikings. I just yeah, he he does he finally looks healthy now, um, especially if Jackson's out. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? It's it seems like it's trending towards Jackson maybe on the field for this one. Are are either of you guys trusting it him at all, or do you want to give it a week first? Um, I feel like at this point in the season, you have a different option to go to. So I'm probably going to lean a different way. Mm-hmm. But if you're – it's going to be tough because if you if you think you're going into the week and you don't think you're going to win at all unless you have one big game from someone, then I'd play DJX if he's playing. But if it's – if you just need somebody to get you 10-plus points, don't go for DJX because he could – he could easily pull a Sammy Watkins and not play, basically. Yeah, the the problem with if you're trying to rely on Jackson is if all of a sudden he is announced as inactive Sunday night, you're scrambling to find another guy to play in that. It's kind of the situation that you're running in with Cooper, too, but it, it does seem like everything's trending towards Cooper not playing, so you can kind of assume that a little bit further in advance. But if, if, Jackson's, quite, if Jackson's truly questionable going into this game, I, I know I don't like taking the risk on stuff like that unless I have a surefire guy that I can replace him with. And I don't think you want to wait until Sunday night and have to play a guy like Nelson Aguilar in this game. Well, I mean, you can also pivot to the Monday night matchup for a receiver with like Dorsett or. Yeah, Anderson but Dorsett's banged up too. Anderson well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you don't have I to replace it. from this game. Right. I get it. It's just tough. Um, what about Christian? How high does Michael Gallup finish this week if Cooper is indeed inactive? Very high. <laughs> I, I think he's he's got top twelve potential. Um, I think he's a surefire wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. So I think that Gallup has to be in the lineup. But I also said that, and he had four catches a couple weeks ago. So or last week actually. So I mean, I think that when Amari's out there, it actually helps Gallup, but not against the, the Eagles. It doesn't matter. They yeah. have a terrible secondary. Gallup's going to be able to run all over them. I think he could have a huge week. Yeah, definitely. Last game we'll take a look at is our Monday night game. It's the New England, undefeated New England Patriots go into MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. Patriots are favored by 10, over under a 42 and a half. Personally, I'm afraid to start any Jet that's not Le'Veon Bell. I don't really trust Robbie Anderson. I mean, Crowder could have the PPR floor, but – I think the Patriots try to shut that down. Randy, how how are you feeling about the Jets side? Uh, I'm fine with Bell, even though I'm not sure he's going to be able to run all that well. And I think I'm fine with uh, – Hey, I see what you did there. Nice ride. Dang it. And I'm fine <laughs> with Crowder as well just because of the PPR floor. I'm not starting Robbie Anderson because I'm not sure Gilmore shadows this game, but – I know majority of the time Anderson lines up on that side, and I'm not trusting that. Ever. And Bel- Belichick's not stupid. There's no way in hell that he's going yeah. to let Robbie Anderson beat them deep. Yeah, he won't get beat deep. That's- yeah. Well, so here's my question, though. You don't think that Gilmore is going to be mostly on Crowder? Uh, Gilmore, try- he most likely doesn't play in the slot. He is versatile, but he's stronger on the outside. Okay. He, he does go in, but it's usually – he only goes in when it's like Michael Thomas or Julio going inside. You're telling me James Crowder is and Julio? Yeah. <laughs> it's breaking news. <laughs> no, that, that kind of sucks for me because I'm starting Robbie Anderson because I have to. Yeah. but I mean, but it's the same thing with D-Vex. If you have to play him because you think you need him to win that big game, then play him. It's yeah, possible, but, but it probably won't If happen. it's a close matchup – and you just need the guaranteed points, don't play them. Yeah. yeah. Christian, on the Patriots side, Sony, Burkhead, and White, are they all starts for you? No. Who Who do you trust out of those three? Starting all of them. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I think that out of those three, I'd go with White because I think that the Jets are going to be able to get a pass rush, and I think that White is going to be on the field in those scenarios, and I think that Brady – Probably go with the short route. So I think Edelman and White are the biggest beneficiaries there. 
I think Michelle does have a decent game. Um, I just don't – I'm definitely not starting Rex Burkhead in any scenario. I'd rather flex Mohamed Sanu or someone of that caliber. Um, if you yeah. guys had to pick one, would you start Damian Williams tonight against the Broncos or would you start Sony Michelle on Monday night? Sony Michelle, same. That's yeah. That's kind of how I was leaning. Yeah, um, that, I, that's I, the name that popped into my head. I also think White needs a lot of catches this week to be relevant. I can't see a touchdown at all. Yeah, I just kind of think that he gets them. All right, what about Sony or Miles Sanders? Miles Sony, Sanders. Sony for me, touchdown. Miles Sanders, just because I think he's on the field more. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I th- and then of the receivers, it looks like Josh Gordon's not going to play. Uh, they reported today that he's dealing with a couple of injuries. Edelman is probably still a top-end wide receiver, two in this one. Any interest in Philip Dorsett, Randy, if he's back? Yep. <laughs> he's He's been very productive when he's healthy and in the lineup. I have no – and they, they – like I said last week, they threw out everyone that they could just to try and get any kind of production out of that wide receiver three. And Dorsett's great in that role because they just don't have – Lacoste is a good tight end, but he's never healthy, and the rest of them are only serviceable at this point. So they're trying to find that third option in the receiving game, and Dorsett's perfect. He knows the system. Brady trusts him so much. I expect – if he's full go this game, I expect a really good performance. And he has – when he's been healthy and on the field, he's been uh, – Brady's looked at him a ton. Really quick, do you guys have any interest in Jacoby Myers after last week? Not in this one. No, because he was part of a mixture of three different guys. I don't – I mean, if he stepped up fully, maybe – but I think that's – I think he just slowly loses all of his spots, especially with Nikhil Harry coming back soon. Uh, and I just, I, just don't, I just don't like his value the rest of the season. That's fair. I, I just was asking because I know Gordon is going to be out. And I think, that, I think that if you need a shot in the dark, it, it's not the worst thing to do. I, I think I'd rather play Jacoby Myers than Rex Burkhead. Uh, I guess. I wouldn't be happy with either of them. But. I'd rather play Rex Burkhead. Yeah, woof. So that'll wrap up our Week 7 previews. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into our starts of the week for Week 7. All right, so we'll get into our starts of the week for Week 7. Starts and sits of the week. Randy, who's the quarterback that you're trusting out there? I'm going with Josh Allen. I'm ready to attack that Dolphins matchup again after we had that week off from it. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed, he, man. We couldn't pick on anybody. <laughs> Allen brings a safe floor. He's not going to be dominant throwing the ball. He just never is. But with Brown being becoming more and more relevant fantasy option for him, and he's got a full string of running backs back there again, and he's got one and a half tight ends ready, and he's got Beasley. I, I just have good feeling that he gets 250-plus yards and at least two touchdowns. And one of those could be rushing, and he always brings that rushing floor with him. It's just the best matchup in the league. I'm always going to pick it as long as it's this kind of guy. I, I think he's a QB1 this week, maybe even top 10. Probably – I can't get to top five, but close. Oh, I can. I the, only, the only thing I, – I, I definitely agree with the start. The only thing I would be worried about with Josh Allen is if they get up by a couple touchdowns and let's say Singletary and Gore find the end zone, for a couple of them, I don't see any way that the Dolphins score to make this even close to a game. Um, with Fitz, you never know. Fitz magic. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Yeah, so I'll get into my quarterback start of the week, and that is Dak Prescott. I think this is a surefire bounce-back game for him. He's going to be without Amari Cooper, more than likely. He's going to have Tavon Austin as his second weapon. I don't think that matters. He's he's playing the Eagles secondary. Uh, they're they're comparable to Manti Teo's girlfriend when he was at Notre Dame. They are terrible. They really just mean. Well, to who? <laughs> um, no, I just think that the Eagles secondary is so bad that it doesn't matter who the Cowboys roll out there. Dak's going to be productive. Um, I like him as a top five play this week. Still, yeah, I mean, still beating the Manti Teo jokes. So that's been that's been a, a dead horse pun intended for a long time. 
I'll move into mine. It's Jared Goff. I know he was awful last week, but my quarterback start of the week in week six was to pick on the Atlanta matchup, and, and Goff gets to go against them again this week. The Falcons are still the second-worst defense against opposing quarterbacks. The Rams need a win, and they're in a dome. I don't think the road Jared Goff shows up as much as it would in other venues. So a lot of points are going to be scored in this one. So I think Goff is your guy for week seven. That's great. That's, <laughs> but the only side of the only side problem I have is they might get up early, run the ball a lot. That's, I mean, other than that, he, he has a wide open day throwing. Yeah. But the Rams defense isn't that hard to score on right now either. So the Falcons can put up points the other way for sure. Yeah. So we'll, let's move into running backs. Randy, who's your first guy? Uh, I went with Josh Jacobs. Uh, he had a great performance against the Bears, and the line just looks so good right now. I They did have a couple bad penalties that last week, but I just expect big things this week. The Packers really aren't a tough run defense. They had a good game last week, but I think that I, I really don't know. It was, it was a weird game from the Lions. I didn't really understand why they didn't want to just try and feed carry on, uh, but I – Josh Jacobs is a lead back. I think he's an RB1 this week. And if Williams is back in the lineup at wide receiver, it's just going to help out because they can't stack the box against him at all if they can actually throw the ball this week. So I, I expect big things. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know that Tyrell Williams is going to be back. Um, no, plantar fasciitis is, is rough. Amari's been yeah. playing through it all year, but – yeah, but he's been playing through a lot of things. He's yeah. just a beast. He is. Uh, so I'll go ahead into my running back start of the week, and that's Austin Eckler. I know what that sounds like. Um, I think it's a, a prime opportunity for him to be involved in the past. Doesn't sound good. No, 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 no. Especially against the Titans, who are really good against running backs. I think they're 12th in the league. However, because of that, I think that Melvin Gordon is going to be limited in what he can do. And – I really do believe that this is going to be a game in which Eckler is able to ride the game script and be relevant again. And I think this is one of those boom plays for Eckler. Um, I honestly think that if Gordon has another bad showing, they might roll Eckler out there a little more than they intended to initially. Um, I I really like Eckler as a a solid RB2 this week, though. What do you guys think about that? Uh. Like I said earlier, I think that the Chargers are going to be up early and start to get up big, and I think that may prove to be good for Gordon in the long run. But like you said, the Titans are a pretty stout rush defense. They have been kind of victimized through the running backs through the air, uh, starting with Fournette back in that Thursday night game. He was pretty much the first one that went for like eight catches, and even uh, Freeman had a good game through the air against them. I do agree. I think he can get up to RB2 this week. I can see a scenario where he catches six or seven balls. Sweet. All right. (laughs) I feel really good about this one. It's my first time this year. Is it? It feels like it's not. We need to fact check that. (laughs) It's Tevin Coleman. Uh, (laughs) That feels good. He's been the red zone running back since coming back week five. He looks healthy. And, oh, yeah, they're going against Washington. Washington's given up an average of 20 points per game to opposing running backs. The Niners have the highest run-to-pass ratio in the league per fantasy pros, and it's not even close. So I think Tevin Coleman should get a ton of touches in this week, and I think he's a top play. Yeah. The only concern I have is that Brita has one of those games where he's the more relevant one. and this he could, breaks I, those it could I thought about that when I was putting this in. I think they can both have very good games and both yeah. be RB2s. I agree with yeah. that. That's what I was going to say. I think they both can explode this game. Wow. Let's move on to wide receivers. Randy, who you got? Uh, I'm just going to be backing up what Christian was talking about earlier. I'm going with Michael Beep. Gallup. Beep. Yeah. Hey, I'm not moving. Um, <laughs> I Amari has come out and said he's playing this week. I know we kind of expect him not to, but even if he is in or limited or whatever, this Eagle secondary is just so bad. I – as long as Dak isn't bad, like he's hasn't played well for about a game and a half. He he started to come alive late in that game against the Packers. Um, if he can just keep going and keep getting alive here, if he can if he can throw to Gallup, 
<laughs> that's basically it because Gallup's going to get open. I I really I think we ranked him up as consensus right around wide receiver one territory. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really that scared this week. I think he has a bounce back game. I'm looking up. Sweet. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. I think Gallup is a wide receiver one this week, and if not, he's a high-end two. My guy is Tyler Lockett. Again, I know how that sounds, but I really do like the Seahawks this week. I think he's due for an explosion. The matchup isn't great, and the Ravens just added Marcus Peters. I don't know that he plays this week. Um, the The trade happened the same day as Jalen Ramsey was traded, and and we're kind of questioning if that would happen. Uh, I don't even know that Peters would be the matchup on him. It might be Marlon Humphrey. But it doesn't matter because Will Disley is out. And Disley was the main guy outside of Tyler Lockett. I think that DK gets a bump, but I think Lockett sees more of that production. And I think that he's a wide receiver one this week. Yeah, even if Peters plays, I don't think he's been as good as a couple as a couple years prior when it comes to the Rams. So I could I definitely see a scenario where Lockett's targeted ten to twelve times, like you said, especially with Disley being out. Yeah. Lockett also plays in the slot more mm-hmm. than anything else. And so he could avoid Humphreys and Peters. Well yeah, Humphreys is the Humphreys is the matchup I'd be scared about there. I, I'm not scared about Peters against Lockett at all. I th- I think this is really, really possible. I'm just kind of almost a wait-and-see approach how this offense shakes out without Disley. Yeah. I just don't know what they're going to do. It's not like they've know. ever done it in the past, though, if you think about it. Yeah, but not with this team. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. I don't know if they focus more on DK. I don't know if they focus more on Lockett. I don't know if they spread it out. I don't know if they just pump Wilson in to mm-hmm. cover that hole. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. And I'm curious if how many – Chris Carson's probably due for a lot of touches in this one, too. Yeah, but it's not like you can – run all over the Ravens yeah. as long as they're healthy. Yeah. My wide receiver start of the week for week seven. I went with the quarterback wide receiver stack last week for my starts, and it worked out pretty well. I'm going to do it again this week. It's Robert Woods. Um, he's had an inconsistent season, but he's seen at least eight targets in four out of his six games this year. The Falcons' secondary is atrocious. It's almost as bad as the Eagles. So I can see a possibility of 100 yards and a touchdown, maybe with some a couple yards on the ground too. So what I'm saying is don't be like Taylor Swift. Don't be out of the woods yet. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. That was gold. On that glorious note, let's move into tight ends. Randy, who's your tight end start of the week? Uh, I'm going to kind of take a shot this week almost with Dawson Knox. Uh, I know Croft is working his way back from his injuries. And he's who they signed to be their starter. But then they drafted Knox, and he's looked good and kind of has a rhythm with Allen. I'm not expecting a huge breakout game or anything. I'm just more like I think he can get his average of about four catches and four yards. And I think there's a touchdown this week against a really bad Dolphins team. Uh, I'm just – it's – I think he cracks the tight end one this week. Obviously, that's not that hard to do with – he can do it with that stat line. I kind of guessed out, but I, I mean, like I said, I'm not expecting some Travis Kelsey numbers or Darren Waller week one, but I'm expecting a decent performance. Yeah. I mean, four for 45 and a touchdown, that could be top eight. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously if you have a different option, but there's bye weeks every week and yeah, people are hurt. I mean, if you lost, if you lost Disley last week and Knox is on the waiver wire, I would have, picked him up over a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah so talking about taking shots my guy i'm actually pivoting to darren fells darren fells is going yeah so he's going up against the colts as as we've talked about they are 27th against the tight end and darren fells was on the field for 87 percent of snaps last week He's had two straight weeks of more than 12 points and three of the last four He's seen an increase in, in usage. He's currently the 13th tight end. I think that you can put Darren Fells in your lineup and and get that Dawson Knox type of production where you're taking a shot, he could suck, but if you hit on it, it might be a, a big hit, and he has that top eight-ish potential. 
Yeah, you can you can put him in your starting lineup. You just got to go take a shower after. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't think he gives you a goose egg, and that's why I kind of that's the same reason I kind of went with Dawson Knox. I don't think he gives you a goose egg like a lot of the people could. I know like Eric Ebron could be a good matchup this week, but him and Doyle could give you a goose egg. You don't really know, so especially in this. Yeah, kinda, I mean, I joke about it, but he's like wider. He's like tight end thirteen on the season. Yeah, and he, he does have competition, but I mean, so does Knox technically, and I mean, yeah. it's it should be a high scoring game, so I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Might, might use it in DFS. Who knows? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> My guy for week seven, it's Hunter Henry. He's back and he's healthy, and Rivers only had eyes for him week six. His touchdown upside alone would make him a top 10 play this week, and the Titans have given up a score in four of their six games this year to the tight end position. The Chargers are going to need to score in some way this week, being on the road, and I think Hunter Henry is the best Henry in this game for either side. That's right, best Henry. <clears throat> False. <laughs> I'd also like to give an honorable mention to Evan Ingram. He was going to be my start of the week, but it was just way too easy to pick yeah. on the Cardinals with a guy like that, and I felt like you guys would have gotten mad at me. So yeah, he's my, an honorable my, mention. Hey, hey uh, Christian, my start of the week's uh, Travis Kelsey. Isn't that so not the same thing. Mine's George Kittle. Yeah. It is well, the same thing. Evan Ingram's like the top tight end when he's been healthy. That's he, why he was an honorable mention. Oh, my God. He's not All an right. honorable mention. He's a everyone should know. <laughs> Fair. Let's get into our sits. Randy, who's the guy that you're pivoting away from? Uh, I know you won't like this, but I'm pivoting from Joe Mixon. I, just, I have no other choice. I hate this matchup so much. I Yeah, I do too. I never want to play against Jacksonville with my running backs. Obviously, they may be a little bit more vulnerable through the past now with Ramsey gone, but he's kind of been gone anyways. So I'm not, I'm not going against them with running backs at all. I know Mix can catch the ball, but he has to have like eight catches to be relevant. I just don't want it. <laughs> I, I don't expect anything. He's not facing the Cardinals, which is pretty much the only game anyone wanted to play him. And I'm not playing him now. Unless it's a very plus matchup, I'm not really happy about him. He's kind of in that juju territory for me. The team's awful. He's awful. I mean, he's just got no help. Yeah, he's got bad juju. <laughs> so I'll roll right in, my guy. Uh, it's Terry McLaurin. He's facing the 49ers this week, and we saw what they did to Jared Goff last week. They made him look like a high school quarterback. I actually think that there's a chance that the high school quarterback could have put up more yards than Jared Goff last week, and they're going to do the same thing to Case Keenum. I mean, how couldn't they? Jared Goff is significantly better than Case Keenum. McLaurin is a rising star but I think you should shoot for another option in your lineup this week. It might even be Dwayne Haskins. Case Keenum is battling an injury, and Haskins has been getting reps with the first team. And yeah, that just cool. even worse. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, no all of it's bad. Just sit your Terry McClure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a decent sit this week. I mean, he did kind of destroy with four catches last week, so, I mean, there's definitely a shot, but yeah. better option, play the better option. My first sit – let me give you guys a little bit of a stat line. Marshawn Lattimore versus opposing receivers the last three weeks. Their stat lines, 5 for 48, 0 for 0, and 3 for 43. That's Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and DJ Chark. I would sit Allen Robinson. I don't want to play him in any scenario. Marshawn Lattimore is playing at an elite level, and I think he's going to shadow Robinson. I think he'll shut him down this week. So he's no more than a low-end desperation flex play for me. Yeah, Lattimore might have more catches than Allen Robinson this week. <laughs> Especially if it's no. Chase Daniel. I think they do try and force feed him a bit just because they don't have a ton of other targets. But how that I mean, yeah. will they? Yeah. Well, they have Trubisky back too, and he's Trubisky, so I'm not I'm not confident in that, anyways. Yeah, that uh, that that the whole match we talked about it before. That entire game just kind of scares me from the fancy perspective. Yeah. My second sit, it's Adrian Peterson. All day meets no way with Washington playing against the 49ers this week. San Fran has yet to give up a touchdown to an opposing running back this year. And I don't see a scenario where Peterson puts up any kind of production that you can feel comfortable with. He gets no passing work. I could see 18 carries for 30 yards, not getting into the end zone. So I would definitely fade Adrian Peterson this week. That's what you said last week. <laughs> 
He's like 300 carries for 40 yards. All right, I'll go into my second sit of the week, and that is Aaron Jones. Apparently, I'm in the minority here. Um, I think last week definitely justified more snaps for Jamal Williams. He looked like the better running back. He looked like the better pass-catching back, clearly, because Aaron Jones dropped a wide-open touchdown that cost both Sean and myself. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, so I think that Aaron Jones is someone that if you can go away from him this week, it would be smart. I'm not saying start Jamal Williams over Aaron Jones because that's risky as well. I'm saying if you have a guy such as like a Devin Singletary, I might be more likely to put Singletary in my lineup than Jones. Um, I'm nervous to see what happens here now that Jamal Williams is back healthy. Yeah, I I don't think you're in the minority of this podcast. I I can't trust anyone in that backfield right now. They've always kind of been a 50-50 split when both are healthy and Jones had his crap game and got penalized for it. I mean, I'm sure they're going to work him in still, but Jesus, I can't trust that. He got basically taken out of the game completely for Jamal, who still didn't have a good game, but still. He had a decent fantasy game, and he rushed for over 100 yards. And I don't think – I think so. Uh, He did. He was over 100. But still. (laughs) Still. Still. Uh, moving into my last guy, I know we talked about it earlier. I'm going with James White. I did write this before Gordon was officially out, but still, it, the Jets are one of the few teams not to allow a receiving touchdown to running backs this year, and I think that stays this way. White continually is getting work, but Burkhead's been out the last two weeks. He's back. Burkhead kind of cuts in to White's role more than Sony for the most part of the games. The goal line's a little bit iffy that way with him and Sony, but receiving work, I don't think Sony gets really more than one or two catches this week, and I think Burkhead gets pumped in, and Bolden's not going to get any touches, and then I James White's is going to need seven or eight catches to break like the 10-point mark, which is where he's lived this entire year. He's not had a really good game, and I just don't expect anything more than 10 I mean, that's like a ceiling for me. I just don't. I know you said that you expect more dump-offs this week, but they throw the ball so quick no matter what anyways, unless it's kind of a play action for Edelman. I just don't. I see. I could see more tight end work than White, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, you're playing roulette with those running backs. Yeah, I, I think that Tom Brady's so bored with what he's doing to this league that – if he sees that the Jets haven't allowed a receiving touchdown, he's going to get the ball to James White for a receiving touchdown because that's how good Tom Brady is. He could. He could. But, but you never know. But, it's roulette. But Tom Brady has more rushing touchdowns than James White has total touchdowns. So <laughs> I just don't really want to uh, play him. And the Jets aren't really a plus matchup in the running game. They don't have a great secondary, obviously. But they have good linebackers and they have a Pretty good D-line. I know Leonard Williams really doesn't do anything. But other than that, they're still pretty good, and they're healthy. So I just don't really want to trust it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. So let's move right into our Flex on them segment. Hello, folks. You know what really grinds my gears? People who don't know how to flex properly. I'm going to give you guys a couple players. You guys pick between them for our flex questions. First one, Travis Kelsey or Austin Hooper this week? Holy crap. Um, Kelsey. <laughs> um, and that, that hurts me to say. I, I think that Kelsey has a better week. It's got to be. It's got to be Kelsey for me. Um, I, it hurts yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to go Kelsey because of Harris Jr. covering Hill. I think Kelsey's yeah. going to be the target. That's fair. Next one, uh, you need one running back and one flex out of these guys. Melvin Gordon, on Johnson, Mark Ingram. Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, Derrick Henry. Is this his whole team? What the? Yeah. <laughs> it must be. Um, mine, mine personally, oh. I would probably go Gordon, and I would probably go Carry On. I may go Gordon and Henry. I would go. Um, probably Carry On. Definitely, Carry On is a definite. Then. Oh, no. I think Derrick Henry. I don't know why I'm sad about that. 
I'm really yeah, excited about that. If anyone's <laughs> you should be sad about it. That's exactly <laughs> what you should be. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, next one: Tyler Boyd, Stephon Diggs, or Carry On Johnson. Pick one. I don't remember who the Bengals play. <laughs> the, the Jaguars. Play? Jaguars. At oh home. yeah. So, uh, ooh, crap. <laughs> they just lost Ramsey. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah, I'm gonna go carry on. I'm gonna stay neutral because this is my team. <laughs> oh, wow! Think, you guys. Uh, Jesus, of course. <laughs> it's always with this guy. I've I've Boyd in my lineup now, just for reference. I think Boyd and Carry On are that eight to fifteen point range, and Diggs is either gonna get six points or thirty. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of pick your poison at a certain point. I can't see your phone because your brightness is. It's. <laughs> I'm showing you that I'm changing my lineup thanks to you guys. We oh, trust okay. each other here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We trust each other, but we told him to play Anderson last week and he didn't. Yeah. Which, you know. Sure. All right. Pick one. You got Hollywood Brown, who's the murkiness around if he plays or not. Calvin Ridley, Mark Walton, Jameson Crowder, or Marvin Jones? Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Probably. Crowder, Crowder second. Jones probably. third. Brown third if he plays. I'd say Brown tied between second and third kind of thing. But, yeah, I think Ridley is definitely the play there. And then the last one we touched on a little bit earlier, Miles Sanders or Sonny Michel? I'm go- I'm- Christian wants Sanders. I'm going to go Michelle just because I think Michelle has the better chance of a touchdown than Sanders I'm gonna, this week. For my reasoning, I'm going to go Michelle also for that same thing, that I think Michelle does find the end zone. So that'll do it for our flex on questions. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll do our my suit-ups going into week seven, and we'll get out of here. You suit it up. Snow suit up. Flight suit up. Penguin suited up. Suit up. You suit it up. Birthday suiting up. Slut up. Suit up. Suit up. Suit it up. Suit up. Suit up. Space suit up. Lawsuit up. Suit up. <laughs> All right. Very quickly here, I'll go through my suit ups for week seven. Alvin Kamara, he is a ankle and a knee injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. We talked about it a little bit earlier. He personally thinks he has a shot to play. In the meantime, the Saints signed Zach, Zach Zenner for depth. I don't think that's very positive for his Week 7 outlook. I don't think he plays, leaving the door open for Latavius Murray, but you probably don't want to start him either. That's a tough matchup going against the Bears in Chicago. Next one, Todd Gurley battling a quad injury. He's been limited in practice both days this week, but McVay said he's on a good place, good pace to hopefully play. I think he does give it a go, and if you have Todd Gurley, if he's out there, you have to start him. Last one, Sunday Night Football, it's Amari Cooper battling a quad injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. They said his progress has kind of plateaued this week. He's dealing with multiple injuries. The Cowboys are on bye week eight. I think it makes a ton of sense that he's going to sit this week, give him the week off for the bye week, have him come back healthy in week nine. I personally don't think he plays, and I don't want to take the risk. We talked about it earlier. Going into Sunday Night Football, if you're trusting that Cooper's going to play and he's out, you have to pivot to either a Sunday night or Monday night guy. I'd rather just sit him, wait for him to come back healthy off of the bye week. All right, fellas, that's it for the week seven edition of The Cut. You guys got anything to add before we get out of here and go watch this Thursday night game? Yeah, so look for our DFS pod this week. Uh, Big episode. We're definitely going to have a special guest on there this week, and I think that there will be some news coming uh, following that episode. So, uh, stay tuned. We we do release Saturday night, so when you wake up Sunday morning, you're able to set your lineup. So so look for that. Randy, anything to add? No. Excited for the pod on Saturday. Actually, I have a guest finally. I like it. <laughs> I do have to say, your input every week is outstanding, Randy. You know, I try and just keep such a high level that people <laughs> can only be so impressed. We're really so professional great. here. Right. I've never been more professional in my life than on this podcast. I swear. <laughs> it might be accurate. Sounds about right. Fortunately, that <laughs> might be. <laughs> on that note, boys, let's get out of here. Follow me on Twitter 
at sword underscore 12. Follow Christian at 40 underscore Williams. And follow Randy at Randy underscore Hall 71. And follow the cut at the cut FFL. That'll do it for Christian Williams, Randy Hall. I'm Sean Ward. Good luck in week seven. We'll talk to you Monday. We gone.